from the Mercy One Studio. Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulis every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy One Studio, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stopulis, and I am joined again today by my friend Isaiah McGee, the third part of our conversation on race in America. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father of all nations and ages, we recall the day when our country, under the declaration that all men are created equal, claimed its place among the family of nations. For what has been achieved, we give you thanks, and for the work that still remains, we ask for your help. As you have called us for many peoples to be one nation, grant that under your providence, our country may share your blessings with the peoples of the earth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you've joined us the last two weeks, you've heard a conversation uh, with my friend Isaiah McGee on race in America. Obviously, with everything that's going on, I thought it was a pertinent conversation to have. And we've covered a lot of ground. I mean, the first episode talked about our backgrounds. Uh, Isaiah grew up in L.A., um, in a black community there. Uh, Jesuit high school, two different Jesuit high schools. One was pre- uh, predominantly black and the other one was mixed race. And I'm from Bettendorf, Iowa, and just didn't have a lot of exposure to racism or, or race relations in America. Uh, and the second episode hit on a few different important topics, one of them being uh, the virtue of justice, the Catholic virtue of justice. And how does that apply when it comes to race relations? Are we truly giving someone what is their due? And a really interesting point from the last episode that I thought was worth sharing again was Isaiah's observation that you know people tend to do what's comfortable. And so while a lot of the overt racism of the 60s might not be as evident today, there are subtle things such as, you know, he, he brought the example of somebody as a job interview, as a boss, maybe they're going to hire someone they want to be comfortable with. And even if they have identical resumes, you know, if the person reminds them of the white, if they have a white and a black applicant, perhaps uh, the white person might remind them more of their, their son or their, uh, their brother or whomever it is. And it's those kinds of things that are still in existence today. So we will build upon the first two episodes and ended today uh, with some takeaways on what we can do in our lives uh, to help bridge the gap that exists in America. So stick around. We're going to head to a short break, and we'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio in Crisis the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited release beers located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. My help comes from you. You're right here, Cops, I know, yeah. are there to protect and serve, and they want to be, yeah. they put their life in line because they, they want to help. So same the thing way, with most the good teachers yeah. I know, it's the same thing. So, so the way I frame it is this way. There, there are very many good cops. Uh, there are a few bad cops. Um, but what do we say about bad apples? And people say, oh, there's a few bad apples but bad apples spoil a whole bunch, right? And so the problem is the way, at least the way I've seen the system, the way I understand the system is we, we need to create a, a system that not only weeds out bad cops, but also allows good cops to help keep those bad cops accountable. Um, right now there, there tends to be the way the system operates is if you it's very difficult uh, for you to deal with with your your colleagues, your your peers that might be doing bad things. And so I, that's I, that, that is yeah. a change we can't. That's not obviously I can't. But that's a change that can be made, right? I mean, systematically, if I, I mean, I don't want to get too far into the politics. But I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's union procedures, there's procedures within the police yeah. code, there's Iowa code procedures. There are things that can be done. Yeah. Within the framework we have today, yeah, there's, there's, so there, there, there's, you know, some things that I, the Iowa legislature just passed uh, um, uh, a bill that you know does a couple of things. One, it it, it eliminates like chokeholds, um, which you know many police departments do not do not do anyway. But I think it's good to have that codified. Um, the the second part of that is also requiring training, and that's that's part of the narrative too. Is not only do we want to have more good cops and less bad cops too. But sometimes good cops believe other people are bad when they're not. Um, and, and, that, and that is the part, part where good training in terms of implicit bias and things like that can come in handy. Because here's the reality, and, and this is kind of goes back to that perspective of, of uh, that trust issue we talked about. If you go into an experience, and this, I hate this. Here's, I'll, I'll share this, this really quick story. Go for it. I think this is a, a really good, a helpful descriptor of it. When, uh, when I lived in Waukee, for instance, one time there was a, um, highly publicized, um, shooting that occurred. Shootings don't happen out there, right? And so when it does, when it does happen, it makes big news. And they were still looking for, uh, for the shooter, right? Uh, they looks like something was going down in, in an apartment complex. Uh, I was building my home at the time, so I lived in an apartment complex. And the shooting happened in the apartment complex next door to me, right? Like, like the next complex over. Next not, complex, not okay, the next building, the next but the next okay, complex, okay, okay. right? Um, but they were looking for this person, right? And so, Joe, this is how they described it. They described it and said uh, when they were looking for this person and the, the news that was going out was we're looking for black male around 5 foot 10, right? That's the description that went out. Very... Precise. Yes. It's early, it's early in the morning, right? 
Uh, I'm getting ready for the day. I'm taking out my trash. Uh, and my, my, my wife at the time sends me a message. She says, get in the house now. Um, and explains to me why. So I, I was, I was going to the house. The police were out, you know, looking, um, you know, I was an elected official or a former elected official. So like, I know most of the police officers on the force, but I don't know all of them. Yeah. And, uh, and as I was retiring from that or leaving from that, there was a lot more of them that I didn't know. So the problem is with that description, I'm five foot nine. So you're right around there, plus or minus an inch, yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I'm black. When they when they caught the guy, it didn't take them very long to, to catch the guy. He was actually hiding hiding in uh, in trash areas too. So I hear I am taking out my trash. <laughs> he could have been in in that same area as I am. Um, they found him in the trash area, um, one of the little trash bin things, and you know they they you know later on they post this picture or whatever. The guy doesn't look anything like me nothing like me different type of nose different type of hair because uh, he actually has hair i don't <laughs> um and even a different complexion right but the way that that was description i would have fit the description right and so i think that is part when we talk about implicit bias training and things like that or looking at people at threat we even think about many of the uh, uh state violence uh situations that we talk about um it's not always a bad cop there's definitely bad cops out there that, that abuse their authority. But sometimes we have good cops that see me as bad, that, that see other people as bad based off of a preconception or a prejudging, a prejudgment on them based off of little facts. And then we know that particularly in, in, the, in the face of law enforcement, and this happens even in school, we have to make quick decisions, mm-hmm. right? And so how do we get to a point where you can make a quick decision but still not prejudge someone at the same time because you have to protect your life. You have to think quickly. Yeah. Right. I, so I'm glad you're bringing that up because again, talking with my, my buddy who's a cop, it's like, I, I try, again, I try to put myself in other people's shoes as much as possible. I'm like, these guys have to make life and death decisions very quickly. I mean, I, he told me, you know, two weeks ago, we got attacked by a guy. He, he, Sergeant's face got beaten in. I had to tase the guy real quick. Like, these are all decisions that go through in a, fa- in a flash. And so I'm always, I'm trying to see both sides. I'm like, I, yep, we got to fix the bad cops. We get them out of there. We also have to understand that our cops, for the most part, are doing a good job. They're making, they're risking their lives, and they're doing a, they're making these split second decisions mm-hmm. that they have to make. Um, so again, I, I think that to your point, if we take some of the responsibility off them of, of these things that just aren't that 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 they don't need to be they doing. don't need to be doing. We're asking, we're asking them the same thing in the in the education field with teachers. We're asking them to do way more than they are originally trained yeah. to do. Yep. You know, and then they should be. No. And then I think the marijuana as a that's gonna go away here shortly. I mean it looks like it's gonna go that way, which would help well, alleviate yeah. a lot of that too. So there's a handful of things I think in the in the policing side that are that are changing. Um for the better. Mm-hmm. Um uh, now I'm just gonna again looking as I have no voice in the uh laws of this state or in the police <laughs> unions. Um what are the other things that the the average guy can be doing to, yeah. to, to help move this ball forward. So I think that's the third piece. Yeah. So I think you know the the, the first uh, the first one was it's really looking with humanity. The second one was kind of thinking about this from a systemic standpoint, yeah. not just isolated uh, singularities. But that third part, and you mentioned it actually, is this this idea of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, too often, I think what we do is we 
we choose not to, because many people can, they choose not to put themselves in the shoes of someone who's different than them. Um, and when we have that opportunity to learn, just like I learned baseball, I didn't want to learn baseball. I didn't want to like that. You know, just, just like I learned more about farming than I think I ever would have thought of it would have, would have learned. Uh, I learned to embrace it. I learned to people talk to me all the time about, wow, you seem very comfortable in, in, in this setting here. And it seems like you, know, you can go anywhere and, and figure out a way to navigate through it. Um, and kind of like that, that early scene from the Avengers movie when they ask uh, Hulk to, uh, they ask Bruce Banner to change to the Hulk, and he and he goes, "Man, you know, my secret is you know, I'm I'm always angry, right? It's it's similar uh, in in my experience. I'm always uncomfortable, right. and I'm to the point where I just learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, but you're a unique individual, right? I mean, so yeah. I think that's a I think that could be a takeaway for all of us, though, is that we've got to learn to do that. Yes, yeah, uh, and unfortunately, I mean, just from society in general, um. People, my listeners, probably get sick of me. I'm a big Robert Putnam fan, and so between Bowling yes, Alone, yes, 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 Bowling absolutely, Alone and our kids, both those, and I just read Ben Sass's them, and all those books piled together to talk about how, especially with technology, we're just we're zoning in on ourselves. We're not even leaving our houses. Mm-hmm. So let alone are we not even getting an, another person's experience? We are siloing ourselves to the point where we're only listening to the one news source we want to hear i was about to say and, we're, we're, we're strengthening those silos yeah, and we're oh, not yeah. only silent those, but we're making those silos even stronger and we're only talking with the people who are in our core group so like mm-hmm. we have to proactively put the phone down turn the tv off and go outside and do stuff i mean mm-hmm. ben sass uses the example of the rotary club all the time he just mm-hmm. talks about and there's a guy who's a rotarian i like that but he, <laughs> he talks about how that used to be the norm the bowling clubs the rotary clubs those things people used to be involved in those things and you would have cross sections of life even Churches are a little more homogenous because they're more neighborhood oriented, but those other types of things you're going to get a you're going to get Democrats, you're going to get Republicans, you're going to get Black people, White people, and you're going to you're going to yeah. you're going to force yourself out of those situations. But they don't, but they don't have to be. Um, now, we, in, in terms of churches, I, I think uh, I, I think that's part of it. It is it is. I mean, you talk about getting outside. We we do this even when we do physical things. It's it's interesting now coming. There's also a reason why I believe all this is happening at the tail end of a quarantine pandemic, right? Um, people were inside all, you know, for forever, and then one of the first things that happens when we finally get to go Light back outside match. Yeah, <laughs> um, is we see state violence uh, uh, occur. And so I think, I think that is part of it, too, is we still have an opportunity, even when we go out, to get, to get outside of our comfort zone. The best thing that I, that I did... Um, for my life in terms of my perspective and part of the reason why we're having part of the reason why we're having this conversation today was this black kid from Los Angeles, California from South central LA decided to take the risk and go to, to Iowa. Mm -hmm. Right. And so imagine if, if we all did that without, without Without, the pre preconceived prejudge value placement of, of things. So people go on missions trips all the time. Mm -hmm. But even when we do that, it's still kind of in this perspective of I'm I'm bringing something to you. I have this perspective that is that is that is better. And if you can only learn this perspective, you would be great. Sometimes we just need to go somewhere just to experience it and learn. What are some examples of places we can go here in Des Moines? What, like what, where would be an example that you would say here's a here's a, a place you can go and hang out or volunteer or yeah go be with people? What do you what are those I think that that is the one of the most amazing things about Des Moines that I've learned since being here is that Des Moines is so rich in its uh in its diversity here mm-hmm. uh, that people I don't think have necessarily ever realized. Uh 
you know, so uh, the I had the, the pleasure of working in the Des Moines Public Schools for, for a number of years um, as their equity coordinator. And uh, the amount of uh, rich traditions and experiences that are available there just by volunteering and, and, and doing things is, is amazing. There's some great community organizations uh, that also exist um, that 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 might be different than some of the experiences of your listeners. Uh, uh, urban dreams, uh, creative visions, uh, the community groups that have been doing work in the community for for years. I one of the first things I did when I got out here to Iowa was as part of this this group called the the uh, Iowa State Leadership Conference. It was a, a faith based conference, and one of the things we would do as part of the conference. We were bringing high school and college students uh, for a weekend around the uh, Iowa prayer breakfast. And uh, uh, one of the things they would do during that weekend is they would go out and volunteer in the community. Uh, and it was giving back. But it was also an opportunity for them to learn uh, as well, too. Uh, and so there is there's just so much that's out there uh, uh, for for folks just to, just to learn and just to be vulnerable and, and open up and say, look, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes. I may even have from preconceived notions. If I do those things, correct me um, and correct me in love. I'll receive it in love as well too. If I'm here to learn. Yeah. So one of the, as I mentioned earlier, this David French article, I had to pull it up real quick. So it's called American racism. We've got so very far to go and the journey must continue step by step. So David French, I love, I just like a lot of the stuff he writes. Um, but, Highly recommend going on. Just Google search David French, uh, American racism. And one of the things he talks about is he goes, I, you know, he's a he's a man of the right. He thinks he's a he does a lot of uh, thinks a lot of the economy on the, on, on the right side of the spectrum. Anyway, he's like, I tended to side this way, and w- once I had he adopted a girl, I think from Ethiopia. I think is what he was saying. He goes, all of a sudden my pers- my prescriptions switched because now. I already had two kids and as I watched how she was treated in society compared to them, I had a, basically a case, you know, I had a, a, a test case with a control group that I yeah. could watch. Yeah. And he's like, I, so I got to see how she was treated differently than they were. And these are the kind of things that I think in this crazy moment that we're living in, these stories are starting to come out more than I had heard previously. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important for us to hear. It's important for a guy like me who, grows up in Iowa and goes to Catholic school my whole life and X, Y, and Z. It's important for me to hear those stories because then, again, it pulls me out from where I'm at and then gives me a different perspective, right? So I think the worst thing about 2020, well, not the year, the year 2020 is a lot of bad things, <laughs> but the society we live in today is just this, this siloed attitude of, yeah. of people just, only in America can we take a pandemic and make it political. Like we have, shouldn't we all be on the same side? I mean, just like taking yeah. everyone wants to be like, we're all in this together, but we're all on the opposite side of everything. Yeah. But that's just the way it is today. And so what can we do as, as Christian men to take a step back, get out of our comfort zone, put ourselves in someone else's shoe. And I think to your point, we're going to grow from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we're going to grow in our faith as well and yep. become better husbands, better fathers, better people in the community. Um, and I think especially in light of everything that's going on, it can only help. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, I think using Christ as an example, using the disciples as an example, using uh, the early apostles as an example are, 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 are places to start from there. 
they weren't comfortable. You know, matter of fact, many of them gave up a life of comfort um, to to seek something greater, right? And and I think that is the the perfect example for 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 us to look at here is uh, they they gain their comfort by following a, a higher source, by following following a higher power, by by looking and saying we're going to give up the comfort of this world because we gain our comfort by focusing in and, and tuning in uh, uh, to God. And I think that is the case here as well, too, is as we, when we seek justice, when we seek purity, when we seek what's right, uh, then as we're doing that, th- these, these selfish things that we, that we battle with, which is that's what comfort is. Like comfort is all about, hey, I got to do this because this is what's best for, for me. Not thinking that when I do what's best for, for my fellow man, my fellow neighbors, uh, folks around me, that when I do that, and that also is what's was best for me as well. So Jordan Peterson on twelve, he wrote the book Twelve Rules for Life. The first, I believe, it's the first chapter. is a lot on, on order and chaos. He talks about how once you've gotten set in order, the only way to advance is to get into chaos again. Right? The only, and it's the same thing with uh, just getting into an uncomfortable, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Right? Once you do that you can realize you're making progress. So oh, absolutely. Once you're, once you're wrestling with something that isn't comfortable, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. And to your point, being comfortable being uncomfortable is the only way you're going to move forward. Because if, if you're, let's say, again, I'm 34, I use myself. If you're the same at 44 as you were at 34, and you didn't do anything in, the, in that time period to make yourself uncomfortable and then to grow, you've wasted that time. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two, two quick examples okay. if I really want to get meta with you. Uh, one is you talk about uh, just... You know, when I think about the order of the universe, that is the order of the universe. The order of the universe is, is when you think about from the beginning of the universe to, to where we are now, the universe gets more and more chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's when you study, uh, uh, when you study the universal uh, design, that's how the universe is going. The second piece is, you know, I'm always a big believer. Um, there's a, a devotional called My Utmost for His Highest. And in, in that, uh, and one of the chapters for the, the daily chapters, they talk about we often go through a process to get to a goal, but for, for God, it is the goal is for, is for us to have a process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think about that from a sports standpoint as well, too. When we think about, uh, since we were talking about basketball earlier, uh, when we think about Michael Jordan, since that was... Uh, every Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> every, I told my wife, I go, I got eight to ten booked. I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. And, uh, and and then you know started 2020 off uh, with uh, with Kobe with Kobe Ryan uh, passing away, and I I think the two things that I'll just mention briefly about those two um, is they didn't set up Michael Jordan wasn't like I'm going to be uh, as good as as Dr. J or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kobe Bryant was like I'm going to be like Michael Jordan. They set out to be the best basketball players they could be. Their goal was perfection, right? Their goal was perfection, and as you think about perfection, that is looking and saying, "I'm not going to be like someone else. I'm just going to go, and then I'll let that journey take me." We can't if we're only looking for comfort. Where it means we're putting a limit on ourselves. We can't if we want to get to a point where we can be as best as we can. We have to be in a space that's uncomfortable. There is no example for us to to choose. There are markers. We can use examples as markers to say, "Hey, I want to." get up to this, this point to see where I'm at. But that never should be our end goal. Our end goal should be to continue to go and continue that process. 
Well, Isaiah, this is a great conversation. Uh, I appreciate it. Good seeing you again, too. Yeah, you way. too as well. So this is this is just turned into, I think, three episodes. We'll, we're going to cut it up. We'll turn it in. But again, man, I, I appreciate your time today. I think whatever we can do, obviously, as Americans, as Christians, we want to move this thing forward. Uh, and I just I, I talk with my, my, my brothers in Christ. It's like, you know, we we see this and we're what can we do? How can we? How can we help? So I think this is a good conversation. I think it's a good first start. And I think we all need to get out of our comfort zones and, and get out in the community and, and really live in other people's shoes. I think that's a good first step. So. Perfect. Well, I thank you for the uh, opportunity and experience. Great to see you, brother. You too. Take care. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. My help comes from you. Right Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. My thanks again to Isaiah McGee for joining me for what ended up being an hour-long conversation, three different episodes uh, on the important topic of race in America. And you know, as I mentioned, uh, I guess in the in the prayer, I guess in passing at the beginning of this episode, you know, celebrating the Fourth of July, and I actually just read a book called Founding Brothers, a really good book. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's in the same vein as the book 1776 by David McCullough, uh, but walks through just the, the, how the country was founded. Uh, and it, it really does bring up a lot of the, the elephants in the room, and, and slavery was one of those. There's an entire chapter dedicated to it. And I, I had these reflections along with everything that's going on in the country, and then with Fourth of July this past weekend, about the work that remains to do. And the, the Founding Fathers truly felt that the next generation, just one generation after them, was going to figure the problem of slavery out. And obviously, that did not happen. It took a lot longer than that, and, and the repercussions are still felt today. I think all of us, uh, we have a lot to think about and a lot to grow, a lot of ways to grow uh, as individuals, as Catholics, as Christians. And I think evaluating that, you know, what can we do today where we're at in our lives to help bridge that gap, to, to, help, perform, to help make a more perfect union? that we're all called to do. So I thank you for joining me. Uh, if you missed any of the first two parts, please go to the podcast and look them up uh, and get caught up on the episodes. And again, I just thank you for joining me today on Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. It is time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.